everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Sincerely Fresno State. My name is Kelsey Goss, and today I am podcasting solo. Ken has taken a vacation. Uh, I'm not sure what that what that is or <laughs> what that looks like these days, but he is in the Pacific Northwest area, and I'm quite jealous, I must say, uh, because if you've listened to any of our previous podcasts, you know I have talked about my love and admiration for the Pacific Northwest and being in Oregon and Washington um, and just being among the trees is is really something special. So I'm jealous that he is on vacation, but other than that, it is just you and I. So good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are joining me from. Uh, that actually just reminded me of The Truman Show with Jim Carrey. I don't know if any of y'all have ever seen that movie, but I, I highly recommend it. I would put it on your list for to be watched. I'm sure a lot of your lists of to be watched might be getting a little bit long. <laughs> I was actually chatting with my roommate the other day and we were going through all of the Netflix shows that we have to watch and the movies and we keep, seem to keep adding to our list like they keep <laughs> incessantly growing and we also have Hulu so we've got a list on there too so we're trying to find a healthy balance of watching both things on Netflix and Hulu. I think we're, we've mostly been on Hulu right now. I, we have kind of invested ourselves in Married at First Sight. If you have ever watched anything about that, it is essentially about they have three couples that they choose, and these couples are interviewed by psychologists um, and a couple other folks, and they are essentially matched, and they meet at the altar. And the show takes them through the process of meeting at the altar, moving in together, starting kind of a new life, essentially with the stranger at first. So it's been really interesting, but it's certainly entertaining. So we've been watching that and have got a couple of show other shows in the rotation. So we're definitely moving to getting things off of our list. So I know it's been a pretty busy week around the Fresno State campus. This past Wednesday was our university census, so that's kind of the final opportunity to make sure you've got your classes, you're adding the classes you want, maybe taking away the classes that you want. So hopefully you had an opportunity to connect with an academic advisor on campus. If you haven't, I know we've emphasized doing so, so make sure you go ahead and talk to an academic counselor. I was actually um, joking with some of our parents and families that I spoke with this previous week um, that making an academic advising appointment is kind of like going to the dentist. Like you don't really, <laughs> you don't really want to go, but it's that appointment that you do have to make every six months. So go ahead and make that appointment. Try to get in before we do have registration when it comes back around um, in October when you're going to be registering for spring classes. I know, gosh, we've already been in class for about a month now, so that's going to come quick, but make sure you go ahead and make an appointment with an academic advisor just so you can make sure that you're on the right path or maybe you're starting to explore a new path and that's okay. So just make sure that you get an appointment with them. I know a lot of them are on Zoom so you're able to make a Zoom appointment or a phone appointment if that's available as well. I briefly mentioned our parent and family class that we had on Tuesday. I don't know if we've talked about it much on the podcast, actually, but we are hosting, the Office of New Student and Family Programs is hosting a parent and family course uh, for first-generation 
uh, families. And the really the kind of the rhyme and reason behind this course is we actually submitted a grant to the chancellor's office and received funding and able to do this course. So that's been a great um, blessing essentially in this whole in this whole process is having the ability to connect with our parents and families, which we do a little bit during orientation, but now it's really emphasized during the course of the year. So on Tuesday evenings from, 5.30 to 6.30, we host a course in English, and then from 6.30 to 7.30, we have a course available in Spanish as well. So it's always fun to, at least for me, to talk to the parents and families and kind of see what they're going through from their perspective, how they feel that their student is doing, because a lot of the time we can speak to the student and hear one story, and then <laughs> it might be a little bit different talking to the parent, um, but it's been it's been really great. I think we've created a space for our parents and families really to ask questions, and I think feel more connected to the university. I know that's been kind of one of our main takeaways is the ability to make sure that they do feel connected. Because at the time, actually, when we submitted the um, submitted the grant for this. We intended to, of course, have it on campus and have food, and food always brings people together. I don't know about you all, but anytime my friends come over, we always end up in the kitchen or at the kitchen table snacking on something or just being able to have the conversation around a table is just is so essential to connection, I think. Um, so our intent was definitely to have food and engagement that way and be able to build connection over time. But unfortunately... Since COVID hit, we're not able to do that, but I, that was still our main goal is to make sure that parents and families really feel connected to the university. So it's been really great to see, and they've asked a lot of great questions. So hopefully we can compile a list for all of you and maybe maybe share that out and share that to those um, that have parent and family members who are supporting you. I imagine that there's so many in your support system and maybe some people you haven't even thought of in a while. Um but I'm sure they're here supporting you throughout this process. I think even you might be living with your parents or a family member of some kind. So I know they're here to support you along the way. I know it was hard for me to move away uh, from the Sacramento area at first when I decided to come to Fresno State. Um, ironically enough, I think I talked about this a little bit on the previous podcast, but I chose Fresno State because of the <laughs> physical therapy program at the time. Obviously, I'm not a physical therapist now, um, but moving away was a little bit, little bit challenging at first. I was certainly out of my comfort zone and kind of getting adjusted to sharing a space with the roommate um, in close quarters, essentially. I was living in the dorms, but thinking about my support system and how they were here to help me, both of my parents. I'm, I'm lucky to come from a two-person household and, and where they were able to support me in that way. So I'm thankful for that. I know that I have, I think I've shared this before, at least in the presentations that I could think of that I did for Dog Days last year. Uh, but my dad, he couldn't remember, well, one, I changed my major so many times, but also he couldn't remember from time to time what my major was. So as the loving father that he is, he made a little, it's kind of like a 
cheat card, if you will. So it's the size of a credit card, if you can imagine, because, of course, he wanted it to fit in his wallet. But he put my major. He put um, some things that I was involved with on campus. And so he had that information readily available. So that was that was really sweet and kind of a way that definitely made me feel supported. And, of course, uh, once I graduated, he put my business card in his wallet, which was also a very kind gesture. So I hope whoever your supporters out there are, uh, they know how thankful you are for them. And I'm sure vice versa. And having you kind of go through this process together as a family. I know we talked about our, our 2020 grads a little bit. We are still waiting to celebrate them. I, I certainly think about them often because I find myself so nostalgic when I think about graduation and it kind of makes me (laughs) kind of makes me a little bit teary-eyed because it's such a special moment um not only for you but for your family I think I'll speak from my perspective of being a first-generation college graduate it just it can certainly be emotional and I think it's so empowering as well I I kind of felt after graduation I had just certainly opened a door I opened that door for the next generation in my family to go to college and and have that experience really so that's something that's really special so I would love to get a give a special shout out to all of our parents and families and supporters of of any kind of who you are so thank you for being a part of this journey and for for sticking around and we love meeting with our parents and families throughout the course of the summer and then now that we have the opportunity to do it in the class format I'm not sure why we didn't think about doing this before um interestingly enough but this is something even if we don't continue to receive funding for I think Ken and I have talked that we would love to do long term because we do enjoy connecting with the parents and families and and seeing with what their questions are. What I said earlier, too, with imagining, like, why haven't we done this before? I think we had a lot of those moments during, during orientation. I know for us, we really wanted to, I keep using the word connect, but I, I, I think I really want to emphasize that we want to connect um, with the students and thinking about, We've already gone through our summer cycle of orientation and we're back, we're so quickly coming up on our spring 2021 cycle. It's hard even to say kind of that year out loud, but we are getting ready to welcome our spring 2021 dog days attendees um, within the next couple of months now. So thinking about how we can keep them connected to campus. We really want them involved and want them to have a good experience as well. So we're kind of working away and and working towards making sure that they have a great orientation experience. And we thank all of our students definitely who gave us feedback over the summer. It was definitely very helpful since we kind of had to, how do they say, um, build the plane as we were flying it. Uh, (laughs) That was something that definitely, I think, came up for us. But in orientation, we learned to adapt very quickly. So I think we, we did great, all things considered. And now we can really refine what we've done. So we always hope that everybody has a great experience at orientation, but we're constantly looking for new things to do. So, um, 
we are open to your suggestions. I'm sure we have a few past orientation orientation leaders listening and some, some parents and family members. So feel free to let us know. All right, enough of my babble. I know I mentioned, so September 16th was our census date, but we also kicked off Latinx Heritage Month, which is September 15th to October 15th. Now, I don't know about you all, but typically we we celebrate this month by um, parades, festivals, and the food. Oh my goodness, the food. Um, so that's something that I am definitely missing this month. But another way I think to celebrate is is always to learn. Um, one of the books that I have sitting next to me, I got at a NOTA conference. I think Ken and I have mentioned this before. We've had the opportunity to travel for our yearly orientation conference. And one of the part best parts, arguably, is we have the opportunity to sit at an author's lunch. And typically how this works is a publishing company, for instance, HarperCollins, Macmillan, um, larger publishing companies will host an author's lunch and feature five different authors who have written and published um, books within the past year or two. And so the one that I'm thinking of is I think we got at the last conference that we went to, excuse me, if not the conference before, but I have the book Make Your Home among Strangers um, by Janine Capo-Cruchet. So I'm very excited to read it. I actually have two copies. So one of my really good friends, um, Selena, has a bookstagram that she just started, which, as a side note, introduced me to a whole new way of social media that I did not know about. So a bookstagram is essentially an Instagram account that has books with different reviews. And anyway, she has... She has made her own and certainly has blown up in her following. So shout out to Selena if you're listening. But Make Your Home Among Strangers is what I'm going to dive into this month. And I'll go ahead and read the back of the book just so you can get a little bit of preview. Because when I read it, I was very excited. So let's dive in. When Lizette, the daughter of a Cuban immigrants and the first in her family to graduate from high school is secretly accepted to an ultra-elite college. Her parents are furious and at her decision to leave Miami. Just weeks before she sets to start school, her parents divorce and her father sells her childhood home, leaving Lizette, her mother, and Lizette's older sister scrambling for a place to live. Amid this turmoil, Lizette begins her first semester at Rawlings College, but the privileged environment feels utterly foreign, as does her new awareness of herself as a minority. Struggling to cope, she returns to Miami for a surprise Thanksgiving visit, only to be overshadowed, overshadowed by the arrival of Ariel Hernandez, a young boy whose mother died fleeing with him from Cuba on a raft. The ensuing immigration battle puts Miami in a glaring spotlight, captivating the nation and entangling Lizette's entire family. Pulled between life at college and her family's needs, Lizette is faced with difficult decisions that will change her life forever. Urgent and mordantly funny, Make Your Home Among Strangers tells the new story of what it means to be American today. Are we kidding? This just sounds so, so excellent. So I'm very excited to 
to dive in. And as I mentioned, I have two copies. So I'm going to give um, Selena a copy as well because I know she will love this just as much. So I'm excited to dive in. And that's one way I want to celebrate Latinx Heritage Month. So I hope you all join me and maybe find a piece of reading that resonates with you and celebrates that. So I, I love it. I'm very excited to dive in. I wish you all could see the cover. It's kind of a blue and an orange cover. Um, and I would say there's nothing like having a physical book. I, I, don't, I don't think there's anything like it. It's hard for me to read something digitally. I think now, especially with being online all the time, it's kind of difficult to transition to a book. But I love... I love reading the physical copy. There's nothing like it. So I'm looking forward to diving into that. So as I mentioned a little bit earlier, I, I can't believe that we've already been in the academic school year, essentially, for a month already. And I kind of wanted to walk through a reflection process, maybe for this month, just to kind of see... Well, one, I was going to see how I was feeling because I don't even know that I had even sat down and, and kind of <laughs> sorted out my own feelings since I really have started working from home. I think we've talked about it on the podcast before, uh, but Ken and I have transitioned to working from home since we were able to be in the office this summer, but kind of that transition as well. So I actually have a passion planner and I pulled some questions from there. So shout out to Passion Planner uh, for these monthly for reflection questions. I've got a couple that I made up as well. So I want to dive into those and hopefully you can grab some type of pen, pencil, writing utensil and join me or maybe just as I'm talking, start to think about how this resonates with you and kind of how you're feeling just to give yourself a little monthly check-in. I can't believe that we are two weeks away from October as I sit here looking at the calendar, it's, it's kind of unbelievable. And we all wonder, I'm sure where the year has gone, but hopefully we can honor some space for you and your feelings in this moment and see how you're doing. So one of the first questions is what was the most memorable, memorable part of this month? So I think for me in thinking about working from home and that transition there, um, I really want to say just working from home. And I know that sounds kind of kind of boring, but that process was really difficult. I think more than I expected it to be. Um, so my I've had the opportunity to purchase a desk. Um, and that is kind of that's in my living room, essentially. <laughs> I won't beat around the bush about that but that's in my living room and of course living with a roommate is can be challenging at times right because you're trying to figure out schedules and get adjusted but really I think I feel very odd being of course one in my living room two being at home but the last thing is just not being around my students and I'm I think I'm tearing up thinking about this as well we typically have seven student assistants in our office throughout the academic year. And I think we've touched on this. The best part about my job is seeing their growth and development. And that's not something that we take lightly. 
Uh, we really enjoy being with our student assistants and seeing them grow and develop. So that's been extremely difficult, I think, for me. And more than anything, during the workday, I, I totally thrive off of their energy. Of course, there are always things that need to get done. You know, bills need to be paid, so to speak. But it's the unexpected moments where I really enjoy my interaction with them the most. And not having that this this semester and, and leading into the spring, so the entire academic year, potentially can be really challenging. So shout out to our student assistants that we have and our orientation leaders this past summer. It was even hard to be away from them. So I think just really the memorable part of this month was just finding that transition and kind of feeling comfortable with it. It wasn't really, to be perfectly transparent, it wasn't until this week that I really felt like I got a routine down. I I had a normal bedtime, <laughs> which many of you maybe during quarantine um, had changed, and it certainly did for me too, but I feel like I'm finally in some kind of routine um, with going to bed, you know, making sure I'm eating properly, and really getting out just to see something other than a screen and to make sure I'm getting in some sunshine and moving my body. I think that's important for me too, but I, I just would say the memorable part of this month is kind of finding that routine and, and working from home and adjusting from there. So maybe something came up for you for the memorable part of this month. I know we have a lot of first-time freshmen on our campus and transfer students. So maybe for you, it was just starting at the university. I'm sure when you planned for college, you didn't expect to start your university life online. So maybe it was that. Maybe it was your first lecture. Maybe it was attending a university event. Maybe you have had the opportunity to walk on campus and kind of kind of see it as it is maybe you've gone to the bookstore but start to think about your most most memorable part of the month one of the next questions that came up was what are the three biggest lessons that you learned this month and it doesn't have to be something large I think even in saying the three biggest lessons, that kind of can be an overwhelming thought. Um, but what comes to mind when I say that? Maybe there's something that comes to mind right away for you. Maybe that's something that you have to think about a little bit. But for me, I think one of the lessons that came up for me was saying how I feel. I know, and this is, trust me, this is a <laughs> reoccurring lesson that that shows up in, in my life for me. Um with saying how I feel. And the reason that I say that is because, you know, I was adjusting to working from home and of course having a roommate, um, me with my desk being in the living room, I, I can describe kind of what that, what that looks like. At least I know what it looks like in my head, but you might have obvious, will obviously have a different view of maybe a desk in a living room, but with my roommate being there and, wanting to make breakfast and me having Zoom meetings, I really needed to speak up and advocate for myself in that way. And of course, it seems some like something silly, right? Like, oh, it, it's fine. It, 
it doesn't matter, you know, I'm, I'm on Zoom, I can mute myself, but at the same time, you know, when I do have to speak up in meetings or contribute in some type of way, I wanted to make sure that I was able to do so kind of without the stove burning in, a ba in the background, so to speak, or maybe the microwave going off, but really making sure that I'm saying how I'm feeling and how I'm adjusting to certain aspects I think is really important. And of course, she's my roommate, right? So I want to have that good conversation with her and her to know where I'm coming from. Because if I don't do that, then I'm really only a battle with myself, right? I'm keeping those feelings close to the heart, so to speak. And that's not healthy for either of us, right? If I'm feeling a certain type of way, I want to make sure that I'm sharing with her how I'm feeling. And so she knows and she can you know, adjust accordingly or share how she's feeling. Maybe she felt a certain type of way of me being on Zoom at a particular amount of time or me not sharing when my meetings were. So making sure that I'm saying what I'm feeling is, is really important. The second thing that came up for me is to remind myself to be confident. I think this month has made me feel like well, maybe since working from home, really, and maybe you all have already experienced this already, but I kind of feel like I'm on my own island, so to speak, <laughs> as I'm working from home. Um, because normally with our day-to-day, -day, we have so many interactions with each with each other, um, with the staff, not only in our office, but our area often works with counselors from EOP and the University Advising Center, so I kind of feel like I'm in my own space, essentially, a lot of the time. But why I say be confident is I kind of felt like I retreated a little bit with my work, moving to being at home. All of a sudden, I kind of, I don't, I can't describe it. And I'm, I'm trying to share this with you all. But I lost a little bit of confidence with kind of my work in some way, shape, or form. I think maybe because when we're in the office, you know, it's kind of like when everybody's studying in the same spot in the library, even though you're all working on different things, you're still working together. You know that that other person is working um, and you're working on something. So maybe that's what it is. I think it's just being around people who are kind of working on the same things when I'm really feeling like I'm in this island, you know, in the middle of my living room with my roommate's cat meowing at me because he wants attention. But thinking about being confident and knowing that just because I'm working from home, I still know what needs to be done in my role and how to execute things. And of course, maybe you all have felt this too. I think the method in which I execute things has changed quite a bit. Um, just because I, I can tell you I'm not printing <laughs> as much. I'm not printing as many things or um, having to put things together as often. So definitely going to a paperless work environment is a whole other conversation. We'll save that for another podcast, but making sure I'm confident, just remember, Hey, Kelsey, just because you have changed where you are at physically doesn't mean that it changes the way in which you work. Now, full disclosure, we all have those days, right? We all have those days that we wake up and you're like, okay, I, I really have to muster up the courage to kind of push through and there's other days where you're feeling really great. So all that to say, just honor kind of how you're feeling and where you're at. And don't forget that you were selected to be a Fresno State student for a reason. 
I think in thinking about, you know, my role, sometimes I forget that. We all at times can have that imposter syndrome, like, oh, someone else, someone else can do this job for sure. Like, <laughs> it's not me. Someone else can do it. Someone else is probably better at it. Um, but in thinking about that as a student, too, you were selected for a reason to be here at Fresno State. And certainly with this incoming class, there's there's something to be said about you all just because you have been able to adapt in such a changing time and we're still continuing to change. So I think just to be kind with yourself and don't forget where you have come from, essentially. 2020 all as a whole, I would say, was going to be different for everybody. I think we all had different expectations of what it would look like and and how it would feel, really. But that's changed. But don't forget to be confident with your work and what you're doing. And the last thing I would say is one of the lessons that I learned is to leave time for myself. I know that may seem kind of odd just because there, rightfully so, (laughs) is a lot of time for myself already. But making sure that I'm completely disconnecting once it hits 5 o'clock. I know I mentioned in one of the previous podcasts that I did take my work email off my phone. And trust me when I say that has helped immensely when it comes to, I think, being in the present moment. You know, it's it's easy to, even now, I mentioned <laughs> my roommate and I will watch Married at First Sight or something on Netflix, but even the ability to just sit there and watch the show and not be also immersed in Instagram or commenting on something or liking something, I think that can be difficult, but making sure that I have time for myself and coming up with a routine or something that kind of makes me feel like I'm, everything else is off the table and this is the time that I'm making for myself right now. So with that, maybe some of you have journaled this year, maybe you've painted, kind of found an artistic outlet. Uh, For me, it has been journaling. I've been making sure that I've jotted down some ways of how I'm feeling or what I'm feeling, when I'm feeling it. Um, So setting aside that time was really important. Um, Also might be working out or trying out a new skill or learning something on YouTube. I know my uh, brother has actually spent a lot of time learning things on YouTube during this whole process, but making sure that you're having time for yourself and stepping away from the computer and dare I say Zoom. I know all of us feel like We are just connected to Zoom in its entirety, probably for forever or for the foreseeable future. But making sure that you're stepping away and and having time for yourself is really important, too. And the last question that I'll ask for today is, what are you looking forward to? So now that you've got a month behind you in school, maybe you're working and have some other things going on, but what are you looking forward to maybe in the next month or in the foreseeable future? One thing I jotted down at first is my um, my best friend's birthdays. They are both Libras, if you all know anything about astrology, but uh, one of them is at the end of September and the other is in early October, so I'm looking forward to spending some time with them and really just having the opportunity to share a meal as as I talked about in the beginning and just have really great conversations. So that's something that I'm looking forward to. And 
I love our orientation leader recruitment season. Now, I don't know if I'm allowed to call it the recruitment season, <laughs> but it's definitely something that I enjoy. And for this reason, our student coordinators plan and execute this whole process. Uh, so it's really neat to see their creativity shine and pull through in ways that always surprise me every year. So, and that's to say um, that we will have the opportunity, you know, to recruit orientation leaders. So if this is something that you're interested in, now, full disclosure, we know that it's not like an in-person session. And even our student coordinators now, they have a very unique perspective because they have been with us um, when we've had an in-person session. They spent last summer with us on Zoom, essentially, and then next summer, who knows what we'll be doing. So they've had the opportunity to see multiple perspectives, but if an orientation leader is something that you may be interested in, go ahead and shoot us an email, uh, dogdays at mail.fresnostate.edu, and we'd be happy to talk about the position and kind of what it entails, but we are coming up on recruitment season for that. So the cycle starts over, you know, it, it goes very quickly. We go through, we go through, uh, orientation. And then I would say our break time, if the, if that is a thing, um, tends to be late August, early September, that time. And then we kind of pick back up again as we start to prepare to welcome the spring 2021 uh, students. And then we have our recruitment season during that timeline as well. So it's always neat to see the orientation leader process and meet new students again from across so many different disciplines. We have so many different majors that usually apply to be orientation leaders, which is great, right? We want our orientation team to be representative of the campus, of the student body, with your activities, uh, with your majors, with your backgrounds. We love to see all of that. So we really appreciate um, all the students that inquire about being orientation leader. We love to see them become more immersed in campus and become a part of something bigger than themselves. So that is all I have for you this week. Just a short little reflection session with Kelsey. So maybe we'll do this more often. We'll see how it goes, kind of what feedback we get. But just to reiterate what the questions were, if you want to go ahead and jot them down. Uh, what was the most memorable part of this month? What are three of the biggest lessons that you learned? And what are you looking forward to? So I hope you can find some time to go ahead and sit and reflect, maybe take five or 10 minutes and see what comes up for you. Maybe what you're feeling. I just, I can't believe we're already at the end of September and we're, um, or towards the end of September and transitioning to another, another month and just seeing kind of what that brings us. So I hope you all have had a successful first month um, with lecture and, and that transition, I can imagine that it was certainly challenging. But again, I do hope you take the time to reflect and ask yourself, you know, what's working? What isn't working? What can I change? Um, and don't forget that you do have the power to change that. You know, if something's not working, be kind to yourself and, and don't be afraid to try something new. So that's all I've got for this week. We look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you for listening and go dogs. <laughs>